it would be great if we had some sort of, you know, indicator. Maybe there's, a, maybe there's an app on our phone that says, okay, it's time for you to refuel spiritually. You've not, you know, you're not walking close to the Lord. You haven't opened his word in, in, in a while. You haven't prayed. Um, and you're just uh, walking blindly in this world all by yourself. And depending on, on your abilities, and that's going to, you're going to run out of, of steam and you're going to find yourself stranded on the side of the road of this Christian world. And, and many believers do that. Once they get saved, they, they, sort, of, they sort of run out of, out of fuel. And so our belief in Jesus Christ, our salvation is the engine, Okay? So when we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we get, a, we get a robust engine inside of us. It's called the Holy Spirit, right? I mean, it's a, it's a V8. That's all I know about engines. V8, something liter, you know. Sorry, guys. I'm, I'm, I've uh, disappointed you. Uh, but it's just a big engine, right? And, um, and so the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, the same Spirit that raised Lazarus from the dead, all of that, the same Spirit lives within us once we have accepted Him as Lord and Savior. That is a big engine. That is a powerful engine. And so when we are saved, that gets deposited within us. And a lot of times, just like when we go get a car, when we go buy, buy a used car or a new car, a lot of times, most of the time, it should be that the salesman would fill up the tank of gas, okay? And you would, uh, you would have a full tank, and off you go. And so when you're a believer, it's like you have this, this full tank of gas, right? You have this power, right? Because you, were, you, you have this newness of life. And then, you're, then you try to go into this life and you try, to, you try to walk through that on that one tank of spiritual fuel and then you find yourself running on empty and wondering, what, am, what do I need to do? Or what's wrong? Or how do I refuel? Or how do I know when things are just not right? How do I know this? Thousands of Christians are frustrated because they're losing battles of sin in their lives. They find themselves stranded on the side of the Christian journey. Have you ever felt that way? Maybe there's someone here today or you're watching or listening online that you feel like you're just not walking in victory. There's battles in your life and, and you just feel like you're drained and you're running on empty. And so how do we fuel? What does that look like? Where do you go from here? Well, there's a story in the Old Testament. If you have your copy of God's Word printed or digital or whatever, we're going to go to 2 Kings. Now, 2 Kings is in the Old Testament, uh, and it's after the first five books of the Bible. It's after First and Second Samuel, and then uh, it's right there, Kings, First and Second Kings, and um, so it's in between First and Second Samuel, First and Second Chronicles. So Second Kings chapter four, verse one through seven is what we're going to do. So Second Kings chapter four, verses one through seven. And while you're turning that, let me let me set this up for a little, uh, little bit. 
So this is a story uh, that involves Elisha. So Elisha was a prophet called by God. Now you have two, you have two prophets in this same era with very similar names. You have Elijah, right? And uh, then you have Elisha. And Elisha um, was, um, he, he sort of took the mantle or took the place of Elisha because God took Elisha up to heaven in a, uh, a chariot of fire and a whirlwind. And it's, it's pretty awesome. I'm sure to see that. And so Elisha, he is a prophet of God and he's living uh, there in Israel and, and he is um, living in a time when things are just not good. You got, you got kings who are just making bad decisions and walking away from God and serving other gods and, and actually even, even sacrificing their own kids to false gods. I mean, it is bad. And so Elisha is living in this time and there is a, he comes across a widow as we open up this passage in, in uh, 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1 through 7, it says this, the wife of a man from the company of the prophets. So we all know this. Her husband was a prophet. Um, some biblical scholars believe that her husband was actually Obadiah, uh, which is one of, the, uh, one of the prophets there and has a book there in the, in the Old Testament. She cried out to Elisha, your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that he revered the Lord, but now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you, uh, you and your sons. Pour out oil into all the jars, and as each is filled, put uh, it to one side. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought their jars to her, her neighbors did, and, um, and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there is not a jar left then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, Elisha, and he said, go, sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. So this, this oil, this, this sort of olive oil was used for lots of different purposes. I mean, back then, this olive oil was very, very expensive. In fact, a lot of people would trade, would, would pay, instead of uh, the, the currency of the day, they would actually pay with olive oil, especially if you had a lot of it. And, they, and so olive oil was very, very expensive. And so she had just a little bit left, and she went to, obviously, went to Elisha, and, um, and but, but the... The thing we got to remember is that she was in a place where, where she was crying out for help. Oh, God, oh, God, I need you. I need you. She was crying out for help because her sons were about to go into slavery. Why? Because they were in debt. Maybe a mortgage, car note, boat note, you know, whatever. 
okay? Whatever they had. And so the creditors were coming to, to get the, the rest of the, the money, and she didn't have it. So what was common back then is that if they had any children, they would go into slavery, and they would work until that debt was paid off. Well, that, she didn't want that, of course. And so she was in a place of desperation. Have you ever been in a place of desperation? Have you ever been in the place of des- desperation? And just know this, she was in a place that, that, that she, she didn't do anything to get to that point. Her husband died. We don't know how he died. But her husband, who was a, a man of God, a prophet, died, and she was there and unprepared and didn't know what to do. And so she was crying out for help. She was running on empty. So what are some of the what are some of the warning signs? What are some of the warning signs? Before we get, we dive deep into this into this passage here in just a moment, what are some of the warning signs that we can sort of pick up on that think that we're kind of running on empty? Again, we don't we don't have any kind of app or or, or kind of light you know, that indicates that we are running on empty. But we do have some indicators in our life. We do. You may have experienced some of those indicators that spiritually you could be running on empty. I've just listed a, a few of them here. One is lack of, uh, of contentment. Lack of contentment. When you're just unhappy, just unhappy all the time, you're not... You're not content. So what that does, it shows that you're depending more on your abilities and what you can do rather than God. Have, ever, have I ever been un- un- you know, discontented? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's an indicator. Okay, Frank, you're relying on yourself. You're relying on yourself. That you've got to rely upon God. You've got you to put your trust in God. You, you, you don't need to worry about these things. You just need to be content in the love and the peace and the joy of God that he brings in his presence. The only problem is you've got to get in his presence. You've got to get into his presence. So if you ever feel, you know, you're not contented, you know, you're just discontented with life and, and you're just bitter and you just, there's no joy. Well, <laughs> that's an indicator and it's on and you're running on empty. Here's another one. Justified temptations. Justified temptations. When you hear or see yourself begin to sort of justify your temptations, okay, if you, if you allow some temptations to sort of come into your life, then you begin to justify them. Well, um, you know, I'm, I'm angry at this person. I've got reason to be angry because they, they talked to me about this, or talked bad about me, or they're spreading this about me, or, or whatever. And so I'm, I'm justified because if they're doing it to me, then, then I can do it to them. And so, when we start justifying the temptations or even our actions, uh, we know that's a warning sign that we're running 
we're running on empty. Because if we're full of the Holy Spirit, if we're full of the power of God and the peace of God, that's not going to bother us. Because there are bigger things in life. There's, there's the pursuit of holiness and, and what God wants in our life and to be drawn closer to God Almighty. And so we're, when we're full of God, when we're full of the Spirit, that's not going to, that's not going to knock us off. And so, and, and there's different types of temptations. There's different types of temptations. Well, my, my spouse isn't really you know, love me the way they, they did when we got married. And so it's just not the same. And so I'm, you know, I, I, I can do this. Or, or, you know, I don't have a job. And so because I don't have a job, you know, I can kind of, you know, cheat a little bit here or steal a little bit here or be dishonest, you know. When, we, when we're justifying our temptations. You know, and we, we see it, you know, we see it in, in, our, in our kids, as well, you, if you have children, right? But we see it in us. We do. We're all, you know, if you're saved, you're, we're children of God. And we, just like our own earthly children, we can act the same way to where we are justifying our temptations. Here's, here's a, another one. A emotion, emotional outbursts. Emotional outbursts. Man, it's easy to, for someone to, to push a button. Now, now some of us have, have a small button we can push, okay? Or someone can push, and, and it just sort of makes us frustrated and angry and whatever. Some of, some of us have a really, really big button, like right here, <laughs> right? And it's easy just to bump us the wrong way, and man, we just, we go at it. If you find yourself frustrated, Demean, talking to people in a demeaning way, even raising your voice in anger, that is an indicator that you're running on empty. Now listen, let me make sure you understand something. Running on empty doesn't mean that you're a bad person. It just means you're running on empty. When your car is running on empty, you don't just put it to the side of the road and just dis, you know, disregard it and just leave it there and sell it and get rid of it and don't use it again. No, you don't. You fill it up. Same way with your Christian life. You don't just, when you're running on empty and you find yourself you know, frustrated and angry and outbursts and all this kind of stuff, when that happens, you don't just take your, your Christian faith that God has given to you, you don't just leave it there on the side of the road and say, you know what, forget it. I don't need that. I, 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 can't, I can't handle this. Just like your car. You need your faith. You need your faith. And so, if you find some of those indicators, and that's just three I gave you. There's probably a lot more indicators that we can, if we had time, we can walk through. But you probably know some indicators in your life, right? I mean, we can go down the road, you know, you're not being fulfilled by your spouse, and you're kind of, your eyes are wandering, or your flirtatious, you know, conversations are there. I mean, that's a, 
That is a warning sign. That is an indication that there needs to be fuel, spiritual fuel in your life. You're running on empty. And it won't be long before you're going to find yourself stranded on the side of the road. So, I don't know about you, but it, it seems like that when, when the light flashes, when, when, the, when the fuel light goes on, it, it's always at the worst times. You ever, you ever notice that? It's always at the worst times. For me, here's some examples. When I see the fuel light on, and, or maybe I see like one, two miles left, and I'm like, oh my goodness. I'm running late, right, for a meeting. And I don't have time to stop. And so I'm like, all right, Lord, you're just going to have to fill my car with gas supernaturally. I just pray in the name of Jesus. You know, I mean, I've literally put my hand on the dash. said, Lord, make this car make it. All right? I'm not crazy. I, you may think so, but some of you have done that, I'm sure. And so, but it always happens at the worst times. Okay? Running, maybe running a little bit late. And you got you to gotta get somewhere. Or maybe you're, uh, you're stuck in traffic and you can't go anywhere. You're stuck in traffic and there's cars all around you and you're like, okay, at any minute my car is going to just peter out and I'm going to be stuck here and I'm going to cause a lot of traffic and more traffic. Or here's another one. You're in the middle of nowhere. You ever run out of gas in the middle of nowhere? And you're like, oh, Great. And, or the indicator light work comes on, and you're like, where, where's that? And you're look, trying to find, your, you know, on your phone and trying to figure out where's the closest gas station, right? And, and so, but, but it never comes at a great, great time. That's the same way with our, with our Christian life. And so, there are four, what I feel like, times when, um, when we can sense that we're running out of fuel. It's just or spiritual fuel, where it's just not a good time. And so, when you combine some of these areas with your low fuel gauge, spiritual fuel gauge, disaster's waiting to happen. I mean, you're going to be stranded on the side of your Christian walk. And when I say stranded, that can mean lots of different things. Stop going to church. Stop, you know, uh, you, you don't have any relationship with anybody. You just give it up, okay? Or, or maybe there's some things wrong with your marriage and you just, you're dis, you know, disengaged with your marriage, with your family. I mean, those kinds of things. That means you're stranded on the side of the road spiritually and because you ran out of gas. And there are four times where it, it's, it's even worse. And I've kind of shared this before. Because I, I've, I use this with our own kids as well. You may have heard me say this. But um, the four times is when you are hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. If you take those letters, they spell the word halt. H-A-L-T. Which means stop. If you find yourself hungry. Some of you might be hungry right now. But I'm like, like, like you're hungry. Like you're, you're hangry, right? And, and if, you are, if you are running on empty spiritually, um, let me tell you something. That's when the enemy comes in like a flood. He just does. That's when I, 
That's when I find, and, and, and even psychologists and sociologists will, will say the same thing. It just seems like when you're hungry and you, you become bitter and you just, you know, you talk to people differently and, and, and the reason why you do that is not just because you're hungry, it's because you are spiritually depleted and your gas tank is empty. Oh, you can blame it. Oh, I'm hangry. No, you're not hangry. You need Jesus. You need to be filled with more of the Spirit. Angry. When you're angry, when you're frustrated. When you're frustrated, people know it. People, when, when, when I get frustrated and angry, some, some of our kids, they just like, they just leave. <laughs> they're like, okay, he's, he's gone. I, mean, you know, he, I, I don't know where they're at, okay? And that's fine. It's probably, it's probably a good thing, okay? And so, but when you, when you are angry, when you're upset with something, and I know there's different levels of, of, of being angry, okay? When you're angry or, or, or frustrated, that's a time. If you combine your anger with you being Empty, running on empty, Satan, Satan is going to come in like a flood. He's, 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 going to cause, he's going to cause major issues in your life. That's just like you running on empty in the middle of nowhere or in the middle of traffic. Lonely. When you're lonely is another time. Hang, uh, hungry, angry, lonely, when, you're lo- when, when you just feel like you're isolated and all alone. We just went through a lot of that with, with, with COVID, and there are still a lot of people who are, who are walking through that with the, the, the isolation. We deal with that with, with students here in, in Bartow County as we're working with students to kind of help them uh, so where they're not on an island, they're not isolated, they feel lonely. When you feel lonely and you're spiritually depleted, that's when things go wrong. That's when, they, that's when people decide, hey, I'm writing my last letter to my family. And I know exactly how I'm going to end this. Because they're lonely and their spiritual tank is, is empty. And then the fourth one is tired. When you're tired. The... Uh, When you're tired, and it just, and just so you know, like when, when, you're, when you're tired and lonely, and a couple other of these, man, it's, it's, it's a, a not a good place to be if, you're our, if you are spiritually empty. And so... When you face those times, and we've all been hungry, angry, lonely, and tired. That's just life. I'm not telling you that to, to not be hang, hungry, angry, lonely, and tired. I'm not telling you, because that's just going to happen. All I'm saying is, that's just, when, though, when you are in that season in your life, or when that happens, when you're experiencing those things, that's the same thing as you being um, empty on gas in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of traffic, or when you need to be somewhere in a hurry. And, and you just don't have time or the energy to refuel. You know, it's, it's, a, it's amazing. This widow, this widow faced those things. She was hungry. She didn't have any food. All she had was oil. 
she was, uh, she was lonely, lost her husband. She was angry at the, at the creditors. She was frustrated at the, at the creditors for that. You're going to take my children? Are you serious? And I'm sure all of that just had to make her tired. So in, in the middle of all of that, you have this woman. She's running on empty. And she knew God. She had to know her husband was a prophet. And even some of the most spiritual people can get to a place where they just feel empty. And so if you've ever been there, you're not a bad person. It just means you've got to refuel. God is not ashamed of you. It just means you've got to refuel. You have to refuel. So what does this, what do we learn from this story as we sort of close this message out? If we go back to the passage, what do we find from her? And um, if we notice in the passage, Elisha, she, she goes to Elisha and Elisha asks this question, how can I help you? Or what do you need? And then he asks, what do you have? The widow acknowledged that she needed God. Oh God, oh God, I need you. We just got through singing that. Oh God, oh God, I need you, God. She declared her dependence on God. When you are running on empty, you've got to understand, you've got to come before God and say, all right, God, I, I, I can't do this on my own. I mean, if I run out of gas in the middle of nowhere, which I have done that before, if I run out of gas in the middle of nowhere, I can't, I can't create gasoline in, in, in the middle of nowhere and, and, and just put that in my tank. I can't do it. I'm dependent on a gas station. I'm dependent on someone else, something else. And so when we get to the point to where we have indicators flashing in our life that we are running on empty, we've got to acknowledge that. It's like my wife. Her voice, Frank, you need to pull over. You need to find a gas station. Second thing, we see this. Empty yourself. And you say, well, how do I empty myself if, if, I'm, if I'm empty? If I'm spiritually empty? If you if, notice in the story, they had, Elisha said, go to your neighbors and find jars. And so imagine these, these, these large jars Okay, uh, clay pottery jars. And, and so they borrow them from neighbors. Well, I'm sure some of those jars, because they collected a bunch of them, they were probably holding a few things, maybe some grain or some other stuff, and, and they had to be emptied before they can be filled. And so when you are running on empty spiritually, You've got to empty yourself of you. You ever heard the phrase, you're just so full of themselves? <laughs> it could be that you're running on empty because you're so full of yourself that you got yourself into this position. And so you have to empty yourself. You've got to take that jar. You've got to take your pride, yourself, and you've got to pour it out and say, you know what? God, 
I, I depend upon you, and I need you, and I am sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm putting down my pride. The things that I think will help solve the problem, I'm, I'm giving it all to you. Before we can be filled, we need to be emptied of ourselves. So acknowledge your dependence, empty yourself, accept the help of others. Accept the help of, help of others. Elisha told her to go to her neighbors and get, get some, some jars. Now, she had some, I'm sure she had some extra jars in her house. Uh, but he said, also, go to your neighbors. He wanted her to rely upon the help of others, of her friends, of her neighbors, maybe even some of her family. I don't know. Okay? But we do know this. That God, through Elisha, was telling her, you need to get the help of others. When we are running on empty, what that's telling us is this. Don't, don't try to just fill up just on your own. That's why it's important to have fellowship with believers. That's why it's important to come to, come to church. And, and I know some of you have friends and, and maybe it's your workplace or, or your, your sports team or, or whatever. And that's wonderful. That's great. Absolutely. But that's why it's so important for us to come together. Pastor Terry Kruger and I are, are in this uh, season. You're going to hear more about this next week as we uh, announce this. But we are sort of revamping our small groups. And we are just determined that, okay, we, we, have, we have got to make sure we're providing the, the small groups that are needed so we can make disciples. And, but not only that, we need people to do life together. We need people to do life together. We are asking our church to do life together within groups, within our church. And again, I'm going to share more about that next week. But don't do this on your own. Don't do this on your own. Remember the the full service stations? And me, I remember the full service stations. Yeah. So those who are too young, you used to be able to drive up, and then you didn't have to get out. Like they would just come to your car and they would fill it up. They'd wipe your, your wind, windshield and check your oil and your, in your tires and all this stuff. I mean, it's, it's great. Now, you had paid a little extra because you had self-serve and full-serve. So some of you are, are going to the self-serve. <laughs> Stop going to the self-serve side of the gas station. Go to the full service where you have other people coming alongside you to help refuel your spiritual life. Does that make sense? I'm trying to make this as plain as possible and with a heavy application. And so when we talk about small groups, we actually have a new name for it next week. We'll announce that next week and and how we're relaunching that. But it's all about doing life together because doing life together is better. And so, just like the woman, she asked help of others. So, Elisha and the widow woman, she, uh, she asked for, for help. She acknowledged her, depend, her, her, her dependence on someone else, on God. Empty. We got to empty ourselves before we can be filled. 
We've got to accept the help of others. And last, as we close, give him every area to fill. Um, did you see that? Did you notice in the story that the oil stopped reproducing itself? Yeah, just power of God. Just, but the oil stopped reproducing itself when? When they ran out of jars. When they ran out of jars, it stopped. And they had more than enough. In fact, biblical scholars believe that they had more than enough to, to sell, pay off their debts, and to live off the rest. They were taken care of. But the most important thing is, is realize this. You need to empty, you, you need to offer to God everything you are. You need to take every jar in your life. You need to take every area of your heart, all those areas of your life that, that, that you that you uh, value and you go to all the times, some of those things in your, in your family, in, in, your, in, in what you do, your, your entertainment, the things you enjoy, okay? Your workplace, all of those areas in your life and you need to offer it to God for the Holy Spirit to fill you. Because guess what? The more you offer to God, the more the Holy Spirit is going to move in your life. In fact, the oil is representation in the Bible of the Holy Spirit. And so when, when you give God, you continue to give God more and more. God, have this area. Here's this area. Oh, I know this area in my, in my heart is, is behind closed doors, but guess what? I'm going to let it uh, swing wide, and I, I want to give you this area in my life, this relationship I'm going to give it to you. My concerns, I'm going to give it to you. My worries, I'm going to give it to you. My health, I'm going to surrender to you. My finances, I'm going to give it to you. All of that, I'm going to give it all to you, and I want you to fill it with all that you are. And his power and his spirit will continue to flow in your life the more you keep giving it. God, here's more. Here's more of me. More of me. More of me. I, uh, I just, as I was praying on what I can, what I needed to t- preach on today, this week, I was kind of going a couple of different directions and just, you know, the more I prayed and spent time with the Lord, he, he just, He's like, yeah, I want you to talk about emptiness. Use this, use this story. That I just got through reading, as I'm reading through parts of the Bible, I just got through reading this passage a couple of weeks ago. And it was fresh in my mind. I was like, and, I, and I lo- I've always loved the story. But maybe there's someone here today or listening online that you, you're running on empty. You're running on empty. And it's time to say, I acknowledge it. The indicator light is on. I need to pull over. And, and I, I empty all myself so you can fill it. I've been trying to do things on my own. I, I, I need the help of others. And maybe you're here today and say, you know, Pastor Frank, I would love 
for, for, for you or some of the elders or others, just to, just to pray with me as I walk this. There's, there's no shame in that. I've been empty many times. Absolutely. Again, you're not a bad person for being running on empty. You're not. Make sure you understand that. God loves you just as much if your tank is full or your tank is empty. But if your tank is empty, it's time to fill it. Spend time with the Lord. Come before him. Come to church. Be involved. And don't try to do this on your own. That wasn't his plan. It was not his plan. Every head bowed and out closed. If you're here today, you're like, Pastor Frank, I'm just, I'm just running on empty. And with no one, no one looking around, uh, if, you, if you feel like you're at a place where you're just running on empty, you could just feel it. No one looking around. Just slip up your hand as acknowledgement to the Lord. That right there is just a, an acknowledgement and dependence. Lord, I just, I'm running on empty. I'm running on empty. If that is you, you could pray this prayer right now. Say, Lord, Forgive me for not coming to you sooner. Forgive me for ignoring the indicators in my life. Please fill me with all that you are. I offer myself, I empty myself of who I am so that you can fill me with all that you are. In Jesus' name, amen. And so, um, you know, some of you may be at a place where maybe you're not empty. But some of you may be like, oh, I'm about, I got about a half tank. Take some time this week, next couple of weeks, fill up, refuel. Coming to church, coming to church is a refuel. I hope it is. I hope it is. I hope it's a, it's a, it's a refuel for you. But, but you don't just... I mean, I know you could probably get away with refueling your car once a week, but don't, don't, ref, don't depend on refueling your spiritual tank once a week. It takes a little bit more than that. Get into the Word, pray, and, and expect God to do great and wonderful things. All right? Okay. I hope this spoke to you. You know I love you. And, uh, and if you need some help with anything or just people praying for you, let me know, and we can do that. You don't want, you want, to, uh, don't want to miss next week? We're going to introduce our, our uh, new uh, uh, small groups and, and our strategy for that. And, uh, but also, you don't want to miss what God um, has got me uh, teaching on next week. I, I'll tell you right now, I don't know what God has for me. I don't know. I'm going to come back next week too. <laughs> and, and I'll find out. All right? So come back with me and we'll all find out together. All right? We love you guys. See you all next week. Thank you.